0: So, Dave, you know, Mm -hmm. on these productivity podcasts and the blogs and the video blogs and whatnot, they they, they'll sometimes talk about this application called Drafts.
1: Are you aware of this? Tell me more.
0: So it's described in lots of ways, but it is described largely as a Swiss Army knife for text, in mm-hmm, particular mm-hmm. for the folks in the Apple ecosystem, right? Okay. And, uh, and I said, "Oh, that's interesting," but like, I don't, I don't need another one of these in my life. Like, I'm, mm-hmm, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and uh, recently I had cause to. I had a, I had a very particular problem I needed needed solving, which was getting my weekly priorities out of Todoist and printed. Okay. And so that led me down a, a rabbit hole uh, and I came out on this, on this and I said, Oh, drafts. I've been hearing about this. Let me go take mm-hmm. a look. looks like this thing does what I'm asking it to do. So uh, I start playing with this thing. And when you know it, it is exactly, and now I, I spent about a half hour with it and now I understand why people are so excited. It's uh, basically a, so it, well, ultimately it's a text editor and it manages text files Uh, but Mm -hmm. it has this extremely extensible interface and set of tools. Then you can basically write your own JavaScript to go manipulate the text and it makes it all nice and packaged. The magical thing about it is that you can uh, go and get your workspace all set up just the way you like it with all the tools you like and all the importing and all the exporting and all the rest of it. And it it is automatically synced through iCloud to your phone, Mm -hmm. to your tablet, Mm -hmm. which means that um, I can whip out a little note in drafts and hit the go button and it will automatically go great for me, uh, a new entry in, did my day one journal, or go create for me a a, a task in Todoist, or go create me a calendar entry, that kind of thing. Hmm. Um, it's super cool uh, and extremely handy uh, it, uh, for for a variety of of reasons. So now I can sit in a meeting and I'm taking notes mm-hmm. in the meeting and I'm typing on my phone or my tablet or my or my computer, and then when I'm done with the meeting, I hit one button and mm-hmm. uh, I take notes in Markdown, mm-hmm,
1: of mm-hmm.
0: course. Uh, and so it automatically takes all the markdown, turns it into a, an entry in my journal, plucks out any to do items that I've written mm-hmm. out in there and creates a to doist task for each one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it's a significantly streamlined my, uh, uh, my situation over here. And uh, hmm. I'm, I'm here as a fan of drafts. I'm here for drafts.
1: Okay. Okay. So, uh, well, th- rewinding a little bit, mm-hmm. why are you printing out your to do list? Like on paper? Oh,
0: uh, yeah. So uh, from time to time, Dave, I find I find the need to to get things on paper. Uh, or if you want to uh, share a list of to do items with, uh, for example, your seven year old. Okay. Uh, try as I might, I cannot get Soren to use Todoist. Uh, yeah, and someday. so someday, but not grounded.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: Right. And so now it's now I'm so. But if I have a list of things that I want us to do today, it's already in my list, and it's kind of a pain to kind of. Transcribe it onto something else. So uh, now I just spit out a bunch of markdown. Uh, maybe I'll put a fun picture on it for the mm-hmm. weekend, uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then print it out and it comes out of my printer. And now we got a list of things we need to do today.
1: All right. How, yeah. How's he doing with the to-do lists um, in general?
0: He's like his father. He is. He is extremely motivated by completion and checking things off. So this mm-hmm. works very well. Um, also, if we complete all the things that we have to do today, uh, then. Uh, there are rewards,
1: like more checklists, say.
0: like more. Well, yes, there's always more checklists. But uh, right. you know, we get things like if we do all the things that we said we were going to do, we get things like dessert. Okay, we get things like we get things like, you know, video game time, things like that. So, all right,
1: yeah, yeah. that's good, and and it also gives you a sense of uh, what's left to be done. And uh, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. that's really good. Yeah. Exactly.
0: So uh, getdrafts.com. Uh, if you're on, if you're in the Apple ecosystem uh, and you've been hearing about it but not quite sure what to do, go check it out. I wouldn't describe it as the most approachable tool.
1: <laughs> okay, It's okay.
0: clearly made by nerds. Right, uh, it's made by the kind of people who believe that uh, uh, your product can be improved if your users are are writing JavaScript. Right, so kind of a <laughs> specific target audience. Uh, right, but uh, uh, anyway, I'm really enjoying it. It's great.
1: Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, my my life is nowhere near as exciting. Um, <laughs> no, we, <laughs> um, which says a lot. Um, but <laughs> no, it's. It, I'll tell you what. It's uh, a balmy twenty three degrees right now. Um, yeah, but the snow here is like taller than my dog. Uh, so it's like you can imagine he's not thrilled about going outside to find yeah. a place to. Uh, take care of business. Cause it's like, yeah. it's like, what am I supposed to do with this? And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's like, I haven't left the development. Um, yeah. It's a little, little cabin fever going on here. So. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, a yeah. lot of that going around. There's a lot of that. Yeah. Going around.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah. But this week I, I was able to, uh, in, in my, uh, uh, with my cabin fever, um, we we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, so we, we're going to talk about, uh, fish rats cockroaches and screaming i love it. Uh, <laughs> these some for everybody
0: these, yeah some for everybody these all say, and also these all seem related
1: <laughs> yeah no that's that's why um and it's 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 all going to uh, uh, culminate with screaming so yes absolutely so <laughs> um so for people to uh learn more about fish rats cockroaches and screaming uh where should we send them
0: yeah, they need to go to uh, dgshow.org. That's D as in Dave, G as and Gunner, And on Twitter at uh, yeah. dgshow, D-O-T-O-R-G.
1: Yeah, nice, nice. And a uh, very uh, streamlined cutting room floor. Uh, we have the busy simulator. So uh, um, if you can go to this web page and select what app notifications you want to have play through your speakers, and you could set the the random cadence of when it should bing, so if you need to get out of a you know phone call or a, a video meeting, you just mm-hmm. turn this on it starts pinging you like crazy, and it's like oh man i got I gotta go somebody's somebody's they need to talk to me and it's a nice Perfect. nice exit right yeah. um uh meanwhile uh, uh speaking of screaming, uh you found the uh, crime skeleton,
0: yeah, yeah, that's right, so this is a patented method for interrogating. Uh, 'er ne'er-do-wells uh this is back from the 1800s right dave is that right Mm -hmm.
1: yeah it was a patent application
0: yeah yeah i think that's right so uh and the and the appar this is an apparatus uh for the purpose Mm -hmm. of interrogating a criminal and uh what what these clever what these clever folks have done is they've taken a skeleton you put Mm -hmm. it between uh you put it behind a piece of glass uh Mm -hmm. in the wall Mm -hmm. and it's got a camera in one eye uh Mm -hmm. it's got glowing red eyes and mm-hmm. uh you speak to the criminal through the person of the skeleton okay and ask them questions and the skeleton is so unnerving the skeleton mm-hmm. is uh, so intimidating that uh, criminals uh collapse in his presence
1: wow nice yeah yeah so Very good other uses too probably side side uh industry uh they could uh use it for job interviews um yeah. That's right. Daycare centers, maybe. Right.
0: Medio- mediocre sales
1: meetings. <laughs> there you go. Splice it up. Um, yeah. And get yourself a crime skeleton. Um, yep. Yeah. So nice. Nice. That's all good. It's all good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we actually had to dig back in the archives for this one. But um, you you noticed this, that there is a, uh, uh, from our good friends at the Ben-Gurion University, mm-hmm. Um they have uh, come up with something, I guess it's, they're, they're jumping air gaps. I guess a fish is jumping air gaps. Maybe, I don't know. Um, but, um, you know, it's, uh, we got, they, they have a fish that is driving a robot car Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, we're talking before the the show and it's like, man, I, I think we talked about something like this before. And we dug back in the archives to, uh, episode number 43 of, uh, February, 2014, where uh, we had a video of a goldfish uh, driving a robot car, but um it, the steady march of progress has has moved on, and the Ben-Gurion folks are they've <laughs> they've improved upon the idea, right? and they, probably yeah. they're listening to the show um, <laughs> and and that's how they got the idea, and it finally took them this long to 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 catch up. but um but what else are they doing with this with this uh, fish uh, uh, autonomous uh, f foV?
0: FOV, the fish operated vehicle. Yeah. So, the, so the, the Ben-Gurion folks saw the, the possibilities unlocked by the fish operated vehicle and they asked themselves, could we teach a fish to interact with it and react to, uh to the fact, uh, to factors outside of the fish tank, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So could the fish negotiate around uh, terrestrial ob- obstacles, for example, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I am sure that one of the things they tried to do was get it to navigate through a maze, right? That would mm-hmm. be the, that would be an obvious thing. Um, and in fact, their finding is that uh, yes, indeed, uh, the fish can uh, the fish can as long as it can perceive something outside of the tank, it can actually react to that thing and uh, and navigate around it or or or, or otherwise interact with it. Um, and so this uh, this this notion of um, uh, imagining yourself in space and so the experiment says i'm going to butcher the science here but i think the upshot mm-hmm. uh, was uh that this experiment demonstrates that uh the ability for a an animal to uh place itself in space is something that is uh, shared by uh, many species
1: hmm interesting mm-hmm. okay yeah okay so the moral of the story is they, fish, fish are
0: not yeah, as dumb as we thought they were
1: right 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 and uh, how much time did they have to spend on coming up with the uh, it's like hey let's do this whole fish, uh, fish operated vehicle thing. And to back into that thesis of, uh, or, or did it go the other way?
0: Well, I think it took them about eight years, right? Uh, yeah,
1: Yeah, they listened to the episode and, and yeah, it it took eight, eight eight years later. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: And, and, and if we're honest, I feel like seven years, that was probably grant writing.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Tax dollars well spent. Yep. (laughs) Yep. All right, well, um, and so you'll notice this theme here as as we go through this, as we move from fish to rats. Mm -hmm. Um, So we got fish that are in a tank. They're navigating through uh, an environment. Um, I saw another article where you can get, uh, this guy got rats um, to navigate in a VR setup uh, through a doom maze. Oh, I see. So, um, imagine you, you, so you got a rat, um, and then you have this, this, like, think of it like a track ball that it would walk Mm -hmm. on. And, uh, uh, and, but, and then you have the, like this really stylish looking vest, um, that's striped, uh, on the rat, um, that is, I guess, Velcroed on that has a little lever that holds the, the rat still. So it could walk and the ball will move. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the the whole premise was, you know, can we get a rat to do that? And and they're able to have it uh, without a whole lot of restraint, without having to do a, a neural implant or anything like that. They're able to connect a uh, have a gnat, have a rat walk through a virtual reality maze in Doom uh, for under two thousand dollars. Wow,
0: that's cool. That's great.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um and as as we're thinking here um you know it's like okay yeah this this could all be used for good reasons right you know well, sure. there's no downside yeah. right like yeah, like as usual <laughs> so. yeah no like imagine you have the um uh like imagine the the sci- the sci-fi story where you know the the hero goes into this this back room in a lab and then finds like an army of rats on these like soccer ball balls walking through and it's being controlled by a a tele-robot somewhere that's um, (laughs) taking care of business. Um, So yeah, it's free, free script uh, for anybody that needs it um, for the Hollywood folks. But um, yeah. And then, you know, the other thing that um, remember we've been, we've been uh, we've noticed a pattern uh, so as we move into cockroaches where, um, you know, building collapses, I, Hey, I got an idea. Let's get a truckload of cockroaches and pour it over the the rubble and have it find <laughs> the, um, find the, the survivors. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The so classic,
0: the classic SAR uh, mm-hmm. search and rescue cockroach scenario. Yeah.
1: Right. Exactly. So, um, so this is the, the Nanyang technical technological university in Singapore Um, They have a new look at the problem um, uh, that eliminates the need uh, to provide locomotion um, as well as the control system. So they, they built this insect computer that has a Madagascar cockroach, you know, like one of the big ones. And then they attach a minimal number of of sensors. So they, on, on its, the back of the cockroach, which is about as long as maybe your finger or like four inches or so um, they attach a microcontroller, an infrared camera, a Bluetooth, a Bluetooth transceiver, a CO2 sensor, temperature and humidity sensor, uh, inertial measurement, also on board, and uh, two megabytes of flash memory. The whole backpack weighs five and a half grams, um, and um, and it's well within the payload capacity of, of the Madagascar cockroach, which is 15 grams, of course, right? Um, and it can run for an hour uh, without having to have... Uh, a, uh, a recharge, and what they found is that the they developed a human detection algorithm that has an 87% uh, average accuracy uh, when the target is within um, uh, 1.5. Uh, I'm sorry, it's overall the human has an 87% average accuracy, and when it's uh, the human and the cockroach are only 1.5 meters away, the accuracy goes to above 90%. That's
0: amazing. This is a much better plan than 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 what I would have thought of, which is just like strap an Apple Watch to the back of the to the back of the cockroach, right?
1: Oh, or or one of the uh, uh, Air Tags or whatever,
0: right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, maybe that, that's something to do. You get get your grant, uh, get some grant writing going, reach out to the uh, Bangurian folks. Um, so yeah, so that's going on. And then uh, this came out a little while ago, but. Um, there is a drone. Uh, so, speaking of screaming, uh, there's a drone that will help find people by um, uh, listening for screams.
0: Oh, so like in a in a like a again like a search and rescue kind of a scenario, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, hopefully,
1: right? Hopefully, um, yeah. So they they have uh, they came up with this um, drone that will uh, basically um, it can find it, it'll locate people just based op- it'll it'll geolocate people based upon their screams and it can detect uh, i guess human screams and then um, find people based upon that
0: it's great okay again no downside to this technology right
1: right Only... to have a, ho- a robot that listens for screams and have it go after <laughs> the the person that's screaming absolutely no problem um, <laughs> yeah and and the same thing it's like we tie it all together of like you know, uh, attach a cockroach to it um, that listens for screaming and it's maybe it's controlled by a rat in virtual reality. Um yeah. throwing a fish. Good times, <laughs> right? No, no downsides when you combine them all together. So yeah. Sweet dreams, everybody. Um so that's <laughs> good. So um did you ever hear of the book I Libertine? I don't, you know, I read this title
0: and I feel like I've heard the title, but I I couldn't say I know anything about it.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Okay. So this goes back to, um, uh, 1956. Uh, there's a guy, uh, like a a radio guy, uh, named Gene Shepard. And, you know, he, he was just getting, you know, just imagine the just talk radio guy, just going on about how, you know, there are all these hoity toity people that are all pompous and they read these books and they have opinions about them and everything. And he said that, all right, this is what I want everybody to do. Tomorrow, I want you to call your local bookstore and ask if they have a copy of the book, I Libertine, uh, by Frederick R. Ewing. The book doesn't exist, right? And so it's like the first time somebody calls, it's going to be like, yeah, there's, yeah, we don't have that book. And second time they call, um, you know, it will be like, "Eh, it's a coincidence. Third time they call, um, you know, they're, they're calling publishers up to order copies of the book and everything. Um, so it wound up, the guy did this, people started calling in and it, like it set off on fire where like, for example, um. There was a a student that did a term paper, a nine-page term paper on this book, um, (laughs) including citations and BBC interviews. Um, The kid got a B-plus on it. (laughs) Um, The Village Voice did a review of the book saying that it's a rousing swashbuckler and a must-read. It was uh, listed nationwide as a bestseller in Rome, Paris, and in London. And ultimately, the Wall Street Journal figured out that it was, like, fake. And um, he, uh, so they, they like, did, like, an expose saying that this is, like, a total fake. Um, and, you know, like, they would have these book clubs and people would say, oh, I liked it. I didn't like it. And they, they just totally, <laughs> like, you know, said that this whole thing is fake. And um, before you know it, a publisher reached out to the, the Gene Shepard guy saying, hey, I'd like to write this book. Uh, would you be interested in it? and everything so um if if you can get a copy of i libertine and like you look at the back of the book it actually has a uh, a photo of gene shepherd as the author frederick r ewing but he's wearing these like glasses on the tip of his nose and he looks all like fancy pants and everything <laughs> so but anyhow it's if you if you check out um the show notes. There's like a, a YouTube video that, that goes through the whole story, and it is just so hilarious.
0: That's a wonderful. What a great. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful.
1: Yeah, nice reality check, right? Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, and always uh,
0: be willing to ask the question.
1: Right, right. And then, um, last thing is, um, uh, you know, everybody the non fungible tokens, NFTs. That's that's a rage, right?
0: Hmm.
1: Hmm. Um, have you heard about the uh, Olive Garden uh, non-fungible tokens?
0: No, tell me more.
1: <laughs> yes. So um, has nothing to do with Olive Garden, um, but there's a there's a scheme uh, with this where um, if you go to the web page uh, that it, it talks through the business plan of of doing these non-fungible tokens. So they've minted non-fungible. there's this group of people totally unrelated to the Olive Garden but they're big fans of the olive garden right sure. and their goal is to take over all of the olive gardens around the world okay and so what they're doing is that they're minting nfts and of every single olive garden you know everywhere right and what people can do is that they could buy an nft of that olive garden franchise and um uh they could they could buy it they could sell it they could trade it with people with the hope of the value of the olive garden nfts going up and then once it gets to a certain point the owners of the olive garden nfts are going to use that as a leverage buyout um to to like to uh do a leverage buyout from the the darden um uh, uh darden restaurants which owns olive garden and um so then that way all of the uh the the uh non-fungible Olive Garden owners will end up being owners of real Olive Garden franchise. So it's <laughs> it's a coup.
0: So basically they're using they're using NFTs in order to basically create their own private equity fund for right. the express purpose of buying out
1: Olive Garden. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. And and so the fact is is awesome, right? So um it's and it's very enlightening too. They're they're totally up Above board on everything, they're saying that, you know, like if you look at each of the NFTs, it actually has like a photograph of the actual Olive Garden. For like, there's the one that's in my neighborhood that Mm -hmm. is the real; it's the actual photo of it. And they probably grabbed it off of Google Maps or something. (laughs) And you know, one of the questions is, am I so am I buying? Is the NFT actually am I buying a picture of the of an Olive Garden? Like, and you know, you're definitely not buying the franchise, but am I at least buying this picture? And the answer is no. Um, The token artwork is for representation only and confers no ownership over that photograph. You're not purchasing art. You're purchasing ownership of a non-fungible Olive Garden franchise. (laughs) Pretty simple, right? Um, And then um, uh, the other thing is, is this affiliated in any way with the Olive Garden? Uh, It says, no, we're simply a community of Olive Garden fans interested in both Uh, trustless future economies and delicious reasonably priced Italian fare. (laughs) And uh, my last favorite fact was, are the breadsticks free? And it says, yes, uh, the breadsticks will remain free and unlimited in perpetuity. uh, So you don't have to worry about scarcity. Right. Um, And but you will have to pay the gas fees to mint them. But the mint fees go to uh, but the gas fees go to the miners and not to them. (laughs)
0: This is fun. This is a good time. This is a good time. This mm-hmm. might be the only NFT I enjoy.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. So which which Olive Garden would you uh, 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 buy a an NFT of?
0: Oh, I'm buying the one right next to my mom's house. For sure. Yeah. 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 Nice.
1: Yeah. yeah. Now, I I don't know about you, but it's like the first time. It, do you remember the first time you ever heard about like Olive Garden and, and went to one?
0: Uh, Oh, my first olive gardener experience. That's fascinating. Uh, you know, I couldn't tell you the first time I was in Olive garden. It seems like I've always been going Mm -hmm. to an olive garden. How about you? Yeah.
1: So no, I I remember like, uh, geez, I was, I was, uh, so growing up in, in Western Pennsylvania, um, in Johnstown, there was no olive garden. And and there were always rumors that there would never be an olive garden because the Italian restaurants in in Johnstown, um, they would not let that happen, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um right. right. And and so um so it's like and and I just remember it's like my dad telling me a long time ago, oh man, you're going to Monroeville. Yeah, they got an Olive Garden there. It's oh, it's unbelievable. And they got breadsticks that just will never end. And and you know, and it's and salad that they, until you're done eating the salad. And you know, and I'm like, so we go and we try it out. And it's like, this is amazing. This is the greatest thing in the world. And just because, like in Johnstown, we never had anything that even comes close to that, right? Right. Um, so it was just just totally blew my mind. And it's like, oh my gosh, every time we went to Monroville, we were going to Olive Garden. Um <laughs> But yeah, but now it's like, you know, I I don't know if it's I, you know, I change or restaurants sort of jump the shark. Um, but I think the Olive Garden has been pretty much the same uh, where other other restaurants have, I think, have gone downhill as they get more and more popular. They sort of like get cheaper with the food and everything. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, no, I, I always love me a good Olive Garden once in a while.
0: It's a solid, fast, casual choice.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Reasonably priced Italian fare. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. That's right.
1: That's right. Yep. So if we need people to uh let's say they, they want to uh, uh buy a copy of i Libertine, uh take it to a, a non fungible olive garden, um, and get interrogated by a crime skeleton, uh, where, where do they need to go?
0: Uh as usual, they need to go to dgshow.org. That's That's Diaz and Dave, G's and Gunnar Show dot O R G. In
1: Gunner, awesome. Okay, Gunner. Well, hey, thanks. And thanks to everybody for listening.
0: Thanks, everyone.